can go toward the fear of the Lord, more prayer, more seeking him, prioritizing what he loves. We can go toward revival and restoration, or we can go toward more anarchy, more hatred, more division, more killing, more deception, more perversion. And really the, the, those that are going to be guiding where this goes, it's the church. Because the church of the Lord Jesus has the authority to pray into these things. And as we've quoted so many times, Second Chronicles 7.14, God says, it's if my people pray. It's not if everyone else turns to the Lord. It's if his people will pray and seek his face and repent and turn from their wicked ways. Then he'll heal from heaven, hear from heaven and heal our land. And so we're at this tipping point right now in our nation. So we need to be praying for all spiritual leaders, not just Pastor John. There's other uh, church leaders within our city, within our nation, within the nations of the world. A lot of pastors making critical decisions. Some of the smaller churches cannot reopen. They don't have the finances to reopen. What's that look like for them? So there's, there's a lot of prayer needed for just the church and spiritual leaders. And then there's a ton of prayer needed for national leaders. The church is God's delegated authority in the earth. And we do have a serious call to stand before God. We are the watchmen on the walls. We need to have pure hearts, clean hands as we come before him. We can't be complacent anymore. We're, we're entering into more fervent spiritual warfare. And we need to engage it. We, not, we need to not fear it, not withdraw, not be passive. We need to engage. We do have the authority. The victory is ours. We are under the banner of Adonai Nisi, the Lord, our banner, the Lord who's triumphant, the one who is victorious. So we need to stand under his banner, pure before him with a clear conscience, and bring before him what he wants to do. We need to know the mind of God. In fact, one of the things I firmly believe is that God is not finished with America. America still sends more missionaries and supports more missionaries than any other nation of the world. I don't believe God wants to shut that down. I believe he wants to turn around what's happening here and bring about the revival that many have prophesied and many have been praying for. Thousands of people, not just in America, around the world, thousands of people fasted for the first 40 days of this year so that America would have revival. Australia gave a whole week of fasting and praying just for America in May. And then from Passover to Pentecost, 40 days in there, thousands were praying for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and so I continue to pray that way. Lord, pour out your spirit. Open the floodgates of heaven and give us a downpour of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. We don't need some weak prayers of, you know, please God do this and this and this. We need to know what does God want to do? He wants to send a great awakening again. He wants everyone to be saved. He's not willing for any to perish. He wants all to come to repentance and to salvation. So we can pray with full confidence. God wants to save people. He wants to save those in chaos right now. He wants to save those that are struggling financially, those that have family problems, those that are suicidal. God wants to save. This is our moment to stand in the gap as watchmen and to pray seriously, fervently, passionately for God's will to be done. 
I think we got very comfortable with how church was. We knew how our church was going. We knew the routine. Our church has a particular routine as do most churches. And I think there was a bit of comfort in our church life. But I believe God wants to redo church. I don't know about our own church, but I know in general, I believe in general, God wants to redo how we're doing church. And so this lockdown was a reset time. It was a reset time for us personally. We sent out notes on that. Let's reset. Let's get in God's presence. Let's allow him to trim out of our lives what isn't of him. What were works that brought about the glory of God, but now they're dead. Now God wants to do new things. He wants to give new vision. Let's let him reset us. Let's let him recalibrate us for what he wants to do in the new era. So if you've not been doing that, I would ask you, press into God and ask him, what is the reset he has for your personal life? And then I believe he wants to do a reset for churches. He wants to do a reset for nations. This is the time to, to make, it, it's an opportune time. You know, in scripture, it talks about the two kinds of time. There's the Kronos time and the Kairos time. The Kairos time are the opportune times when God wants to do something. We want to be on his page, hearing what he's saying and working with him, basically in prayer and then in activity as we work that out. We want to make sure in our church and in other churches that we do not miss any new directive he wants to give us. What is the way he wants us to go? And women, I'll speak to you for a minute. Remember I mentioned a few weeks ago that we're talking about a mentoring program of more mature women mentoring younger women, especially younger mothers. That's who's asking for it primarily. Well, right now that is still being discussed. I'm telling you this because we, we were gonna send out a, an email by about now. Um, Jen Durham is gonna get with uh, Beth Smith, who's kind of spearheading this, and they're gonna talk through some logistics in it in two weeks. And then we'll see where we go from there. But we are actively seeking God. Lord, how can we make disciples best? How can we mentor best? How can we, how can we all grow into a more mature place in you best? Because as the harvest comes in, I believe the harvest is coming in. Even this week on Wednesday, as people came through our parking lot to pick up the free bags of food and items that we've been giving out for weeks now, for the first time, they were asking for a lot of prayer. A lot of the drivers were saying, please, can you pray for us? Our churches aren't reopening. Please, can we come to your church? Will you pray with me right now? It took longer to hand out the bags of stuff because so much prayer was going on. We've got a harvest right around our church. We've got a harvest in this city. And so we want to be ready that when the harvest comes in, we can disciple the harvest. We can mentor the harvest. We can help everyone grow spiritually to a place where they are strong, godly men and women, not just born again, but they become a threat to the enemy because they're godly, they're, they're established in the word, they're praying effectively, and they're becoming that which God has called them to be individually and then also corporately. So we, we really have this burden to see discipleship growing in our church. And so we're praying into that too. Um, let's go back to verse 17. The writer is not suggesting unquestioning obedience to everything a leader says, like they do in some cults. He's not saying that. 
He is saying, submit your contrary opinions or your personal preferences in favor of their guidance. Don't make their job harder by arguing with them or criticizing them. And then verse 18, pray for us. He requests prayer. You know, spiritual leaders are especially vulnerable to criticism from others. They're vulnerable to pride if they succeed. They're vulnerable to depression if they fail. They battle Satan's constant efforts to destroy their work for God. They need prayer. And then he says, um, also in verse 18, we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. So the author was saying he had not intentionally sinned or dishonored the name of Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us had that same testimony that we could say we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. That word desiring is the word theo in Hebrew and in Greek. Thelo, thelo. It means to wish, will, or take delight in. So he was saying in all things, all, all areas, I have desired and I've taken delight in living honorably. He wasn't grudging about living for God. He delighted in living for God. Our conscience is cleaned in two ways. Hebrews 10, 22 says it's cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And so that's when we confess our sin before the Lord. That's when we get reconciled with people, reconciled with God, and we ask the blood of Jesus to cleanse our conscience. And then it's, we maintain a clean conscience by living honorably, pleasing God in all areas. So as, after asking for prayer, then he offers his benediction. He prays for them. And this summarizes everything he said in the letter. Verse, I'm going to read it again. 20 and 21 says, May the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete or perfect or mature in every good work to do his will working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So he says, the God of peace is the great shepherd of the sheep. I want to remind you of, of Romans 16, verse 20. It says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And one way we need to pray in the midst of all this crisis and all this chaos is for the God of peace. It's the God of peace that crushes Satan under our feet. We need to walk in peace. We need to carry peace with us. God makes us complete and perfect, mature, and every good work to do his will. He works in us what's pleasing in his sight through Jesus, and he equips us to do the kind of work that he wants us to do individually. There's a similar passage in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Let's turn there. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Jenny Boita, I'm going to ask you to read this so they can hear your accent again, okay? Then you'll all know why I love South Africa. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Go ahead. Unmute. Un okay. You're muted. Can you unmute her, Reuben?
Jenny, do you see your microphone? Uh, Jen, there's a little uh, red uh, mic. There you go. Okay, we can hear you now. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work on behalf of his good pleasure. Great. Thank you. So God works in us to do his will, and we work that out into our everyday lives in the fear of God. His salvation in us is revealed by our godly character, our good works, our perseverance in trials, and doing everything without complaining and arguing. You see that in the next verse. Verse 14 says, do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, it's interesting to me that when you read about the Israelites, what God did in the wilderness with them, their idolatry, their immorality, he judged them for that. He also judged them for their complaining. And somehow we don't see that as, as serious a sin. But God sees it very seriously. And here too, he says, do everything without arguing, without complaining, without grumbling. So he works in us and we work that out. It's not that we're working out our salvation, that our salvation is based on good works. It's the fact that God has already done a saving work in our lives and we're working that out through our everyday Actions, reactions, words, attitudes, thoughts, all that. We are to be the light of Jesus before everyone. So if you'll go back to Hebrews 13, this final prayer is such a fitting conclusion because he reminds them that they're sealed with the blood of the everlasting covenant in Jesus Christ. They're not to return to Judaism and deny their faith in Jesus. And he challenges them to go on to maturity as believers. Remember in chapters five and six, he said they should be teachers of others, but they still needed the milk of the word themselves. He urged them in, in the first part of chapter six to move from the foundational principles of the faith to a place of maturity. And in chapter 12, he told them to lay aside every weight and every sin that ensnared them and to run the race with endurance. He urged them to endure God's discipline and to be trained in righteousness. God works in us so that we will gladly do what he pleases. And so what we need to do as God's people is position ourselves before him regularly so that he can work in us. And we do that by praising him, worship him, Worshiping him, not just when we gather all together, but in your private home. Linda Schreiber was telling me that every day they're singing the Waymaker song in her house. You know, what are you singing in your house? What is your worship like life look like? Are you putting on worship and singing along with it? Are you putting on praise music and dancing around in your living room and clapping your hands and raising your hands? How are you worshiping the Lord? How are you praising the Lord? Are you bringing yourself before the Lord in prayer and in intercession? 
Are you reading and studying the word? These are all ways that we position ourselves so that God can work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the book of Hebrews is a call to Christian maturity. It was addressed to these first century Jewish believers in Jesus, but of course it applies to all of us, any age, any background. To grow in maturity, we must center our lives on Jesus, the superior, the all-sufficient Savior. We should not, cannot depend on re religious ritual. We dare not return to sin, to trust in ourselves, or to let anything come between Jesus and us. In verse 22, he says, I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation. That means listen carefully to the word of exhortation. He's referring to the nature and the purpose of this epistle, which is exhortation and encouragement. We are to pay attention to all the exhortations in this book. Remember, there were five warnings in the book of Hebrews, and most of them had to do with staying faithful to the faith, do not deny Jesus and return to Judaism. But some of them also touched on maturity. Go on, grow on into maturity. So verse 23, he says, know that our brother Timothy has been set free. So obviously Timothy had been in prison. We don't know where or for how long. And I, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but in the underground church in China, one of the requirements for eldership is to have spent time in prison suffering for your faith. If you have not yet done prison time, you are not entrusted with leadership. They call prison their seminary. And a lot of them even look forward to being arrested and going to prison because that's when they feel the presence of Jesus the closest. They feel intimate with him and they grow through the tortures. They are purified. They come out so much stronger in their faith and in their intimate walk with the Lord. And so some of them even look forward to prison time. <clears throat> we're so far from that god help us then verse 25 he says grace be with you all so that's basically he's ending the letter by saying let the favor of god be toward you let his grace continually work in you and bring forth the fruits of holiness in your life may god's grace graciousness and favor go before you go behind you and overwhelm you Grace comes through Jesus, as we see in John 1, 17. It says, the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So again, the author is referring back to Jesus and the blood of Jesus by speaking of God's gracious gift through our Messiah and our Lord. Amen. So thus ends the conclusion of Hebrews 13. Thank you. Uh, and, and the entire book of Hebrews. It's been a rich study, hasn't it? We have, we have enjoyed doing it. We've enjoyed studying it. And we're asking the Lord where we're going next as far as our study. And I'm, I hope Bill and Marianne are also praying that way since we're co-leading this group. And uh, we'll let you know as the Lord speaks to us. But what we want to do right now is go into a time of prayer. And I'll tell you um, <clears throat> a few things that we we need to pray into and then I'm going to kind of divide it up so that we don't try to tackle it all at once and get confused by it all. Um, but there's a, what is, what is showing up a lot right now that we need to pray against is the fear that is spread throughout our country, 
so much fear because of the coronavirus and then fear because of the the shutdown and the economy and now fear because of the anarchy and the violence. There's just fear. And anytime we give place to fear, it gives the enemy a stronghold. And there's fear over our nation. So the enemy has a particular stronghold over the nation that we want to pray against. There's also a lot of hate. There's been hate. Now we're seeing it very visibly. There's been uh, prejudice. Now we're seeing it very visibly. We want to pray against the hate as well. We want to pray against the greed because there's greed behind a whole lot of this. There are finances behind the whole picture of the virus. There are finances behind the rioting and the looting. There's already proof that people are being paid to protest this way. Um, there's, there's just, greed is a, a big stronghold, has been in our nation. And it is flaring up again, and now in a whole negative way, but that's behind a lot of what's going on. So we want to pray against that. There's an agenda behind the virus, and there's hopes to dominate and control our nation. People want to bring us into socialism and then bring us into communism. And so we need to pray into these things. It would be great if all we ever had to do was pray sweet prayers like, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. But you know, we're in a war and we're in the army of God and there is a call on us as watchmen to pray fervently and to pray wisely, knowledgeably, led by the Spirit of God. So this is one of the ways we want to pray. We want to pray order into the chaos. We want to pray peace into the fear. We want to pray the positives. We want to pray in the opposite spirit, okay? So we pray the positives to overthrow the negatives. The word of God says to overcome evil with good. We want to pray love and tenderness into where there's hatred. We want to pray acceptance where there's prejudice. We want to pray humility where there's pride. We want to pray healing for our broken land and our broken people. We want to pray recovery for the economy and for the jobs and recovery of hope and recovery of faith. And then lastly, we're going to pray into the, um, the super moon tonight. This is a time when those involved in the occult and witchcraft get together to put hexes and curses on those in leadership of the land. And so we want to pray a prayer shield around our elected leaders. That will be President Trump, Vice President Pence, the Senate, the House of Representatives, the Supreme Court justices. We want to pray protection over marriages, over their leadership, against harm. We want to pray for their health, all of that. But that's what we're going to do last. Okay, so I'm, I, you probably won't remember all that. I've got it written down. That helps me remember. So let's start out praying um, for this whole thing of fear. Fear, you know, it says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, God's not given us a spirit of fear. God's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Why don't we pray the positives there as we pray against fear? Let's pray for power, love, and a sound mind. It's like our nation has gone insane. Let's pray for sanity. I want to read some scriptures in regards to fear, but before I do, I want to play the shofar, uh, sound and a holy alarm in South Africa and in the United States. So 
Lord, hear this. Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. Do not be terrified or frightened. 1 Samuel 12, 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense and strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27, 3, though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Psalm 86, 11, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Psalm 115, 11. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And lastly, Isaiah 41 Verses 10 and 13, do not fear for I am with you. Hallelujah. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Amen. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, Amen. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. For I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear. I am right here to help you. Amen. So, Lord, we just take hold of, uh, of the word, the written word of God. Lord, write these verses in our hearts that we would be fearless in regards to what takes place on the earth, but we would be fearful when it comes to thoughts about our God. Let the fear of the Lord come upon us in these days, Lord. Amen. If your fear fills us, Lord, other fears will leave us. So come, sweet, precious Lord, and give us the strength of God to realize, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it, believe, neither let it be afraid. Amen. You believe in God, believe also in me. Amen. Hallelujah. So if the Lord leads any of you to pray, just unmute yourself and start praying. We'll probably pray a few prayers into to each of these things. Lord, we agree in prayer together against the fear that's coming that's come against our nation, that's come against South Africa, other nations of the world. And Lord, we ask that you would raise up a standard against the enemy. We ask, Lord, that you would replace the fear with peace in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for what you give us, power, love, and a sound mind. I pray for an increase of the power of the Holy Spirit in your church. 
the power of the Holy Spirit in your people that will pray against the fear that plagues their nations. And Lord, we do that. We pray against the fear that is plaguing our nation and the people of our nation in the name of Jesus. Lord, you say you'll give us it, love. You have given us love. So I pray love will overcome all the prejudice in our nation. Love will overcome the hate. That your tenderness will overcome the hate. That your love and your healing will heal the divisions in our land. That there'll be an increase of the love of God in our land. In Jenny Boyd's land, so she's with us. Lord, we we pray for South Africa at the same time. And Lord, we pray for a sound mind. Lord, how we need sane thinking right now. Would you give us a sound mind as a nation, as a people, as your people, that we hear your voice clearly, that we rightly discern the word of God, that we make good judgment calls, that we can make wise decisions. Lord, I pray that our minds will not be distracted. There won't be confusion in the name of Jesus. I pray especially as, as the witches are praying tonight and confusion noise results from that. Lord, already we preempt that by saying we pray for clarity of thought. We pray for sound minds. We pray that confusion will not take over in our land. And where there's already confusion, we come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, would you uproot that? Would you uproot the systems that have been put in place in our nation that give place to fear and to confusion and to greed and to division. Lord, would you uproot those systems and would you again baptize us in the fear of the Lord? I pray that the fear of the Lord will be over our nation. That will be the fear that we walk in, the fear of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We've got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, because God, you are a positive. Positive God. Hallelujah. Father God, we because you've said your word that you inhabit the praises of your people. So Father, we are praising you today because we want you right here. We want you more powerfully here, Father. You're here in every one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So Father, we trust you to make a way in the wilderness where there is no way. Oh, dear Father, you are not short on miracles. So we pray today for miracles in the area that Janet and Reuben have already talked about. Father God, you hear our prayers. Your word tells us, my sheep hear my voice. So Father, we want to hear your voice. We want to know how to react. We want to know, God, how we can do our part in this terrible assault that the enemy has brought upon our nation and upon other nations, oh God. So, Father God, we thank you. We praise you that greater are you who is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you for that knowledge. We thank you that that is truth. We thank you, Lord, that you will set us free from fear in this world, in this nation, in our hearts, Father. Even though we've not expressed it, perhaps there is fear there. So, Father, we thank you that you've overcome that fear 
with the power of the cross and the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you. Lord, we pray that you would perfect us in greater measures of love. Uh, Lord, we, we, we saw, <laughs> we fall so short in being able to love as Jesus loves. And because we love so little, fear is really great. There is no fear in love, 1 John 4, 18, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Lord, would you, would you perfect all of us in a greater measure concerning love? Uh, and perfect love toward God casts out every element of fear toward man. So, Lord, we just open our lives today and say, come, spirit of love. God is love. Lord, we just ask that your spirit of love would come and fill our hearts so that all the fear would leave in Jesus' name. That there would be no room for the fear of man because the love of God fills our hearts and lives. Grant us this grace to have a fresh infilling of the love of God, even to a greater place of perfection, so that the fears would all leave for Jesus' sake. Amen. God, please bless America. Guide her leaders. Guard her people and give her peace. God, please bless South Africa. Guide her leaders, guard her people, and give us peace. Lord, our giants rise up against us with weapons, with spears, and javelins and swords. But Lord, we stand up in the power of your name. Lord, may your glory fall. May your grace abound. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the name at which every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that you are Lord. I ask us in the name of Jesus tonight. Oh, Father, you, you tell us in Psalm 28, 7, that uh, the Lord is our strength and our shield, that our heart trusts in you and we are helped. You, in Psalm 18.2, you say, the Lord is our rock and our fortress and our deliverer. Uh, in, uh, in Psalm 33.20, you say, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And in Psalm 84.11, you say, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. And Lord, we pray your shielding tonight as this, uh, this moon is... Uh, is being worshipped by uh, unclean spirits and unclean uh, 
prayers, Lord, and we ask for a shield around our leaders. Uh, we ask a shield around our marriages. We, we ask that no weapon form against our spiritual leaders and leaders of this nation shall prosper, Lord. That, uh, Lord, we pray your uh, divine protection because you are our shield. And Lord, by the authority you've given us in Jesus, I come against the greed that is controlling all these things. I come against greed in the high places, against the greed in the ones that, uh, like George Soros, who are pulling the strings. And God, I come against the greed even in the rioters, Lord, let there be peaceful demonstrations. Let peace be over this land again. Your peace, not as the world gives peace, but the peace that is from above, Lord. And I, too, pray for our president. I pray um, a shield of faith around him. Lord, you have given him to us for this hour. And, Lord, I ask you to give him faith. I ask you to give him the spirit of the living God to convict and to draw him to you by the power of your spirit. Lord, let him put all his trust in you, for he needs you. And I ask this for, for all the leaders of our land, for Vice President Pence, Lord, that you would put angels surrounding him and his family and Donald Trump and his family all throughout this night and throughout the time that the um, powers of evil are chanting against him or planning against him. I ask you, God, to confuse the plans of the enemy as you did before when they tried to do this to President Trump. I ask you to confuse the plans and bring them to naught. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we want to declare that, that you have set the times. You have set everything in motion. And it's going to be in your perfect will that uh, the nations of the world take certain courses and Lord, it, it seems so obvious that the enemy wants to preempt your plan to put the antichrist in place soon. And Lord, we, we pray that this will not happen, that he will not gain prominence and leadership any sooner than your agenda. We come against the agenda of the enemy that wants to destroy nations and destroy people and dominate and wants to rule over over all the nations we come against that in the name of Jesus and Lord we pray that it's your counsel that will stand that it's your will that will stand that you who know that the time when you're going to send Yeshua back in the second coming you who know when the tribulation will be starting and how that goes forward that Lord you would that the enemy would not be able to preempt anything there. 
And Lord, already the talk of the cashless system and microchipping people, Lord, again, we say your counsel, your timing. That's what we come under, your leadership. We bow before you. You are the creator of heaven and earth. You're the master over, these, over this nation and over other nations. And so, Lord, we also want to pray that the nations that are really suffering right now, those where people are starving to death, where there's not food, where there's not money, where there's not water, those that, have, that are totally hopeless, where suicide is taking over more and more and anarchy is taking over more and more. Lord, would you lift up a standard of righteousness over those nations? Would you rescue? Would you intervene in the situations, especially your people that are crying out for their personal families or friends or for their own nation? Lord, would you intervene? Would you hear those prayers and answer those prayers. Lord, we're hearing so much different things, and I pray for a new level of truth to be released over our media. I pray that every media that has a certain agenda, Lord, that you would trump that with your truth. I pray for righteousness and truth and faithfulness to be the foundation of the media in the name of Jesus. The enemy's been called the prince of the power of the air. And we see that that's a major stronghold of his. But Jesus, we also know that all authority was given to you in heaven and on earth. And so we are speaking your authority over the media. I pray, Lord, for truth in our medias. Every channel, whether it's TV or radio or written media, I pray for truth in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you will bring confusion over those witches that are planning nothing but evil tonight. Oh, God, your mighty power is needed over these witches. Father, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's tonight, Father. We need you now, Lord. We need you now, and I'm believing that because we're asking, we're receiving what we're asking. Oh, God, because your word tells us we can ask anything if it's according to your will. Hallelujah, and we'll get it. So just confuse all the minds of those witches that are praying tonight, that they will not even know how to pray or how to do whatever they do. Oh, God, we claim the power of the blood and the name of Jesus over their plan for tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, God, we love you. We thank you that you are almighty, but you asked us to ask, and so we're asking, and we're believing that you're answering. Thank you, God. I want to pray some scriptures for the, the church, the capital C Church of Jesus. Uh, from Joel 2, uh, blow the shofar in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain and let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. 
like the morning clouds split over the mountains. But I love how down several verses later in verse 11, it says, and the Lord gives his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can endure it? And I love the direction that God gives for his people. He says, now therefore, says the Lord, verse 12, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And then rend your heart and not your garments and return, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Lord, we're, we just really want to pray that your people who are called by your name would hear uh, the shofar in heaven. There'd be a wake-up call to the church. Wake up! Rise up! Lord, uh, the Apostle Paul brings up, awake out of the slumber. Lord, we pray that the church would come alive. The church would become active. Because, Lord, it's described, you have a great army. A very, your camp is very great. And you're so strong. You're the one who executes your own word. And, Lord, we just pray that your church would be able to really hear your voice. Unless we hear the voice of the commander-in-chief, Lord, there will be chaos in the Lord's camp. But if we can hear your voice and acknowledge what you're saying, the camp of the Lord will be mighty to push back the forces of darkness in this hour. So we pray great grace to come to everyone who is called by your name to be able to have the ability to recognize the voice of God from all the other voices that are competing for our attention in these awesome days. So give us a clear channel to heaven's frequency to be able to recognize the still, fall, still small voice of our king and the lion of Judah who utters his holy commands. Grant this, Lord, to the glory and majesty of your grace. Amen. Janet, do you have another... Uh, aspect that we can go into for prayer. You done mute yourself. Sorry. We've kind of covered it back and forward. Um, if, if I can just encourage you all to continue to pray a prayer shield around our elected officials as well as around our own pastors and leaders as we uh, move into this new era. What's it mean? How do we do church now? What are some changes? It's easy to walk in the familiar and to choose that over the new. But God's doing a new thing, and we, we shouldn't miss the new thing God's doing. So be praying along those lines. If I can just close with praying uh, just for our land, for the area of healing and the area of recovery, if you'll agree with me for that. Lord, we agree in prayer that you would heal our land that you would heal the brokenness of our people, you'd heal the brokenness of our economy. 
you would provide jobs and good work for those that are without jobs now, those that are desperately in need. Lord, we pray for healing for that. We pray for restoration. We pray that in Waco, some good jobs would come here, some good factory jobs that will pray, pay a good wage for workers that don't have a college education that need a good job. And Lord, we pray um, healing for the brokenness of our people, healing for hurting hearts, for grieving people, for uh, people that are at a loss, that are despairing, that are in depression now. Lord, would you heal souls and spirits and minds and bodies? Would you restore us? Lord, We our eyes are on you. You're the only one who can restore the soul of a nation and the soul of a person. And so we pray in agreement together that you would do that, Lord, for the sake of your name, for your glory, that your name will become famous in this city, in this state, in this nation, and in the nations of the world. Jesus, we proclaim you as Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. Thank you that you've heard our prayers. Thank you that you hear us all day as we'll continue to pray, as we pray throughout the weekend. Lord, would you remind us and others called by your name to stay in prayer, to be fervent in prayer. The day of the Lord is coming soon, and we need to be found faithful. May that be true of us. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Janet. Thank all of you for being here today. And Jenny Butta Achman, it's great to have you. Uh, if you'll all look at Jenny's picture, right behind her head, she has a radiant element of light coming down upon her. Uh, you're the only one that uh, is in, a, in a, a place where you need to have lights on. Uh, it's bright morning right here in, in Waco. So bless you, Jenny. Bless you for being with us today. It was a real, a real blessing and honor to get linked to South Africa today with you. And all the rest Thank of you. Uh, we'll Thank see you. Go ahead, Jen. Is there anything in your heart you'd like to leave with us? Thank you for having me. It was, Jim, it was just so incredible to see your SMS come through, and I didn't hesitate. It, um, I think it's time for the, the one thing that's happened in South Africa at this time <clears throat> through the COVID is that this artificial wall between the different churches here seems to be breaking. Um, and it's, it's incredible to see that happening. Um, where I'm working with, with so many different churches at the moment, we, we pack food um, four times a week. Um, I'm packing, I've packed in the last month in excess of 150,000 meals um, that go all over, um, all over this land at the moment. Um, the government promised food, but it's not happening, and it's falling on the churches to do it and to become God's hands and feet. And just pray that I don't get tired, because um, it's a lot of work. I love it. Absolutely love doing it. Tomorrow morning we pack again. We we pack twenty thousand meals tomorrow morning, which would be great. Wow! But thank you, thank you for having me. Love to join you again one day. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Every Friday, we'd love to have you. Uh, and 
may I just remind all of you, prior to this, uh, in, in early uh, February, January, February, uh, there were uh, 89 churches in Waco that had agreed to look to have an all-Waco campaign for evangelism. And it was set to begin on Palm, uh, the weekend before Palm Sunday, all the uh, putting the packages together of the Bibles. We were going to put these in uh, 98,000 homes and businesses all throughout McLennan County. Well, COVID-19 prevented that. So all Waco was not able to happen at that particular time. And it was to be uh, a, a, a beloved gift to Jesus, Yeshua, on his, uh, on his resurrection for, for Easter Sunday. Well, it might be that the Lord has something really planned in his heart, maybe not for Easter, but right after Pentecost. We've just celebrated Pentecost Sunday, and maybe we can begin to see first fruits of Pentecost, which is salvation of souls and a rescuing. So let's be in real prayer, even as Janet had encouraged us. Let's stay steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, and especially through our intercession. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Janet, hey, go ahead. Um, I, I want to remind you all, too, that we pray at 4 o'clock on Wednesday afternoons, and we often pray for the nation and for current situations. If any of you want to join us, we're on Zoom from 4 to 5. 15 and uh, Reuben can send you the link. He sends the link to 15, 20 people. And usually we have about 10. So it's a, a small group, but it's mighty. And we, we enjoy praying together and you're all welcome to join that. We normally pray at the church, but we can't have uh, small groups at the church yet. And so we're still praying on Zoom. So if you're interested in that, just send an email to Reuben. Yes. I have to receive an email for me to send an invite to you. So please, if you'd like to come and join on Friday, I mean, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday at 4 p.m., uh, just send me a note and I'll put you, uh, include you in that email list. All right, God bless you all. Love you guys.